0: And welcome to Lit Liturgy. This is Becca Midiki Conlon. I am the pastor at St. Paul's and Good Shepherd Lutheran Churches in Easton, Pennsylvania.
1: And this is Lydia Powell, the pastor at Family of God Lutheran Church in Buckingham, Pennsylvania. And this is Lit Liturgy, your favorite creator of worship podcast. Uh, we are always lit because we are always awesome, amazing, hopping, the cat's pajamas, radical, and all that good stuff. And usually we're also the other kind which is being drunk,
0: or at least drinking, and uh, we haven't, I don't know why we haven't been drinking during these. It's
1: late enough in the day, but it's yeah, weird I drinking in my closet, too, so. Right, and I probably will go grab something after this. It, it is happy hour time. You just got back from a walk. I I uh, was out walking and doing other things, and normally I still have uh like going out for, like, happy hour, and like that, but here we're instead, we're here. Yep, so we have been doing these mini episodes of
0: uh, recapping each day at the Festival of Homiletics, which we are attending online this year. Um, Today, uh, first up was, uh, is it Olu Brown as our preacher? Uh, He preached on Revelation 21 5 um, with the sermon title Imagine.
1: Yeah, and he talked about, um, he focused on the verse that is the new heaven and the new earth, and he talked a lot about how that is a vision that we should have for now, here and now, not just a new heaven and a new earth after we die, but like right now. Um, Some future someday.
0: Um, Yeah, he, I really appreciate the sermon. I also appreciated uh, his use of whoever his um, editing person was, was great because they had it. I mean, you could tell like he wasn't standing in a white background. They had it, whatever he was standing in front of uh made into a white background and then they used the background that he was in front of to uh put up the verses when he read various scripture passages so you could read along as he quoted them and then also occasionally did like imagine in a new heaven and a new earth now um and a few other key points here and there but it was a great use of video in the midst of it of um it was fairly simple. Uh, I don't think that whoever was doing the, it it's not like it was a CGI... Uh, Explosion. Uh, say that again, you completely...
1: Explosions. Yes, it was not...
0: <laughs> yes, completely. It was not uh, a Marvel movie, but it was... Yes.
1: I'm just <laughs> so, being disappointing, sorry. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and I really appreciate, like, I don't think uh, like I, 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 felt fed, but I don't think it was, I mean, when we had Otis Moss third yesterday, it's kind of hard to like, and Tracy Blackman the day before, it's hard to level up to that, but he was still a really good preacher and I really enjoyed his sermon. Though.
1: Yeah. And what I, what I, I think most noticed is like, he was very much like biology, science, but also hope. Because sometimes it's hard once you get bogged down by all the science and all the bad news. But I wrote in really big letters, hope, because I'm like, oh, I feel hopeful after his sermon.
0: And he tied in this environmental theme of festival homiletics for this year to COVID-19 as well. And the hope that we need in the midst of this pandemic. So... All right. yeah, Our first lecture of the day was by uh, Caroline Lewis. Uh, her lecture was entitled Leading with Preaching How to Craft a Faithful Sermon. It was a full hour. Um, she had eight basic points of uh, how what makes a faithful sermon. Did you ha- write those down? Because
1: I did not get them all. I was having some. Um, internet. I took a picture, if you give me one second, because there was so much. Um, a faithful sermon. And, and first of all, she talked about how, um, good sermon versus faithful sermon. Yes. And Um, we are not called to be great preachers. We are called to be faithful preachers. Exactly. I really appreciated that. So the eight, I think there's eight. It's um, a faithful sermon is biblical, autobiographical, contextual, theological, intellectual, emotional, inspirational. And then the last one is sort of like, the, the preaching, a faith, what a faithful preaching life looks like. Yeah. Um,
0: I always love her talks. I think that they are very consolidated, like, and, but also at the same point, like so informational, like, you know, it it was eight points. That's a whole lot to cover in an hour, but at the same time, it was all like the, the same. And she talked about how one of her points was, that a sermon should be able to be summarized in a tweet. Your point should be, and not, not the new tweets, but the 140 character tweet. Um, because if, yeah, if you cannot summarize your sermon in 140 characters, you have too many points happening. And so even in this talk, that was an hour and had eight sub points. The main point was we are called to be faithful preachers. And then here are ways to be faithful preachers. And to have
1: faithful. Yeah. Sermons. And, and one of the things that, that I appreciated as well is, um, how, how can we make our sermons like invitational in the sense of how do our sermons inspire people to keep reading the Bible? I was like, Ooh, yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, anything
0: else on Caroline?
1: Oh, there's too many things, but we could go on for five hours, but we won't. Probably.
0: And then we had a sermon by Anna Carter Florence uh, that she entitled her sermon, When We Can Breathe by Ezekiel, uh, which was focused on Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14.
1: Oh my goodness. So great. Wow. It was amazing. What? Um, so
0: this one's all you because I had internet issues, oh. like I had to restart the computer, like oh. all internet issues. So all on my end. Okay. And I couldn't. remember
1: that was this um, one or Caroline Lewis? Um, well,
0: it, it was Caroline Lewis that started, but I could still get the point because it was a lecture, but like I completely missed the first half of Anna Car- Carter Florence's sermon, and so I feel like when you miss the first half of a sermon, it's so much hard to figure out where people are going compared to a lecture, so.
1: Right, okay, so um, she started out, um, so it was definitely like, I mean, all of these sermons have been like preaching to the preachers, but this one felt especially relevant because she as a professor talked about how her preaching students have been, you know, all suddenly scrambling to go online, but at the same time, or to do uh, their sermons like on the computer and whatever, but yet she always is inspired by her students. So this was actually based, I don't know if you caught the part or like this is based on some insights she gleaned from one of her students and their sort of one-on-one reflection about how um, she talked a lot about how, I mean, this pandemic being sort of a portal moment, and she got the portal imagery, and I can't remember the name of the woman who wrote the article. She got the imagery from somewhere, and it was linked everywhere, and I don't remember what it was. It was an (laughs) article from Financial Times from like April 3rd from a woman who um, is from India, Um, but this is like a portal moment and Ezekiel is like the perfect preacher for this moment because of all the things that he was going through in his context. And then, um, did you hear the part about, she was talking about how God brought Ezekiel to the dry bones and then, um, the rhetorical question that God asks is, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel gives the correct answer in that he doesn't give an answer. And we as preachers are not meant, I think one of my biggest takeaways is we as preachers are not meant to be the answer givers. Mm. The question is a lament. God lives in that lament and sees the lament and Ezekiel is able to hear it. And then she talked about like the three sermons that Ezekiel preached to the dry bones
0: that's when I start was able to get my internet figured out. Was okay, three so sermons. Now
1: you're up to speed. <laughs> so what did you hear in the second half?
0: <laughs> um, again, it's really hard because that was not in context. I just heard that here were these three sermons that Ezekiel gave. And I was like, okay. I mean, I, I honestly was like, kind of like, oh, at this point, I'll just listen to it later so I wasn't I was a little checked out by then I was like I'll get some other stuff done around the house
1: yes do it because a a lot of people were like there's so much going on here it was sort of like preception. so there was like multiple you could say there were multiple sermons going on inside this one sermon I thought it wrapped together really well um and and she tied up all of the different ideas at the end but having heard the whole thing at the end I was I felt very moved and a lot of people were saying and reflecting about how um, this sermon embodies what Caroline Lewis was just talking about, which was really nice that you have those back to back.
0: Yeah, uh, so our last uh, speaker of the day was my highlight of the day. It was Stacey Abrams who gave a lecture on stewardship service and redemption Called to be God's God minister, God's ministers, um, and this is the Stacey Abrams who should be governor of uh, Georgia right now if all the votes were counted correctly, um, and uh, and I was blown away. I did not know uh, her background at all. Um, I've only seen her as a political activist and did not really know her religious background. So she is a double PK. Both of her parents are United Method elders in the United Methodist Church, but it sounds like they went to seminary when she was a little bit older, like at least elementary age, if not high school or older. Um, And but she started with after she gave thanks for being there, like literally within the first like thirty seconds, she mentioned like. Twelve different places of scripture in which environmental justice are mentioned. I mean, like this woman knows her Bible. Holy crap, she knows her Bible. And then she uh, weaved in the Bible's telling with her growing up in Mississippi and being around her grandparents and her great grandma and how they knew every animal that was near them. They, I her. Great grandparents. Her grandparents were sharecroppers, and so they knew everything that grew around there, both that that they planted and that that grew wild. They knew all the animals. Nothing was taken from the earth unless it was for food. Um, All of the animals you didn't just kill for sport; you killed for consumption, um, and all of it. Um, And how her grandmother, her great grandmother, was the first environmentalist that she knew, but she didn't know, uh, though her great-grandmother never used the word probably environment, much less environmentalist, and it wasn't until she was in college, and I did not know this about Stacey Abrams either, is she was in college and did uh, as an environmental science major, I assume. She like interned, I can't remember where. She interned at the EPA, Ah. both the summers before and after her senior year of college, and she, her, um, And then her senior capstone thesis was on environmental justice and racism. Um, Like,
1: holy cow.
0: Yes, and I did not not know any of this about her. And that was just amazing. And she weaved in the story so well of talking about um, how environmental justice affects the poor, like environmental impacts will affect the poor the most and um how now i can't completely my words are blanking on because hers were so amazing and it was almost overload because somebody mentioned in one of the uh, facebook groups about how like if we were actually there live and could have then had pauses for like applause and for like uh uh-huh and people head nodding and amens like it would have paced slower so you would have had time to sink it all in more but because she was talking to a video camera it was much more like flood walls (laughs) coming at you
1: it was so much because it was it was like it was like a call to action and it was preaching and it was a talk and there was testimony like yes I mean she talked about her her family but then she also shared that really powerful story about going to see her parents what was it after a tornado or after some uh, it was, it was after hurricane katrina oh okay yeah it was after, they were in yeah, that her her parents roof was leaking but yet like they got there and then like immediately left to go help people who were in more need yes her parents and like there's just the spirit of giving and it was just like dang <laughs> yes and how even oh though
0: there was holes in her parents roof and the the bed had been moved in order to keep from getting dripped on and there was black mold and everything smelled of damp they still went next door to the church and were organizing all these goods that had been donated from across the country and the world in order to help people who were worse off than them and yeah no and then she she ended with this prayer and this is probably not word for word but it's what someone typed up and put in one of the um, one of the blessings but again she it was so overwhelming that the person typed as fast as they could and this is pretty much what she said and it just blows me a mind and again how well she was able to integrate her biblical knowledge with her environmental justice and her political activism was amazing. So this is pretty much the prayer. Dear Lord, we meet you today in this space, separated by distance but joined by our faith. And we meet you in our hearts where we each believe in your power and your mercy. On this day we come to you as your daughter Ruth did and we repeat her pledge, entreat us not to leave thee nor to return from from following after thee. Whither thou goest, so shall we go. Your people shall be our people, our O oh Lord our God. Mold us, Lord, as you did your disciples before us, to be righteous as Peter, to be as wise as Solomon, to be as faithful as Mary Magdalene. Call on us to be your ministers in stewardship and service and in redemption. Gird our souls to the battle of to battle the demons of uncertainty and timidity, of complacency and apathy. Engage our minds in the troubles of the world. Worry us until we have no other place than serving these, your children, and protecting, protecting this earth. Lift our hands in supplication and work them to your will to build a world that, cannot, that can contain our devotion but never contain our joy. Fill our hearts with obedience so that we may not rest until there is blessed peace hold our feet steady as we continue our life's journey and move us in your service as ministers. And let us all say, amen. So powerful. Well, that is it for today. Tomorrow yeah. is uh, a sermon <coughs> and with a sermon by Cynthia Hale, who is one of my highlights from last year. I um, remember. Yes. Uh, a lecture by Katie Hayes, who I don't know, at all. That's not a name that rings the bell. Um, and then a sermon by Lenny Duncan, who is is preaching on Habakkuk, which I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on that entire, on that uh, book of the Bible ever. <laughs> and then can, another sermon.
1: Oh, wait, there's another sermon happening. Yes,
0: because they're that back to back. Um, and then a sermon by William Barber. And then an interview between Caroline Lewis and Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove. So he,
1: he's written, he's written things. And I know I've read things by him and I can't say what I read by him, but I, it's a familiar name. Like he's, he's really involved in like social justice stuff. So
0: yeah. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to another great day tomorrow. So um, in the meantime, this is Becca. And this is Lydia. And we're reminding you to always drink and plan worship responsibly.
1: Clink. Fake clink.